0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, joined as always by Jenny Wise. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everyone. And we have with us in the studio, Vice President, Research Director, Principal Analyst, Harley Manning. Hi, Harley. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. And Harley is here to share with us predictions for next year about customer experience. And Harley, I couldn't help but notice a through-running theme to all the predictions that I could signal or sign here, but that doesn't do well on, on audio, so I'll just say it, which is a dollar sign. What is going on? Why is there so much talk about money in our predictions for next year's customer experience outcomes?
1: Yeah. Well, it's because we have, and by we especially, I'm talking about my colleagues, Maxie Schmidt and Faith Adams, who cover customer experience measurement, and myself. We take a lot of calls that center around, why are my executives not paying attention to my CX program? Why are they not looking at our metrics? Why are they not funding things? And the answer is because there's only one CX metric that your executives care about, and that is the one you just named, which is a dollar sign. And so if you're not showing that your customer experience, experience efforts, make more money for the business, or save money for the business, then you're not actually signaling to your executives that your efforts are worth funding. And so that pretty much colors so many of the things that we are seeing.
2: And so then looking at what what we're seeing here and some of the calls that are made, it sounds like that impacts a few different components. The first is hiring. So Mm -hmm. what is the state of CX pros and their role in the organization and how many are there? Then there's also an impact on strategy to try to prove financial returns. Yes. And then there's also that impact on investment. So what types of technologies will they be investing in or where will they be spending their time?
1: That's exactly right. That's a good summary. I mean, that first issue, hiring, it's really in two parts. And it really goes to the existential nature of money for CX programs. So the first prediction is that one out of four CX professionals will lose their job in 2020. And we didn't just pick that number out of the air. We are seeing many CX professionals who are sending us their resumes and saying, geez, I just got my position eliminated. I just got my department eliminated or we just got downsized. The department's there, but I'm not. You know, what do I do? And these are typically people who work at companies where they have not gotten the economics of CX on firm footing with the executives. They're not doing that reporting that I talked about. They're not coming back and going, look, we did X and it saved us this many dollars. Or mm-hmm. we did Y and we retain this many more customers who each contribute this much more revenue and you multiply that and you find this big dollar sign, right? So they're not doing that. And this is especially true in financial services. We see this a lot in retail banking and we see it a lot in investment firms. And we're also seeing it in B2B firms because at B2B, a lot of times the obvious connection to CX and money is not so obvious. So that's the first one.
2: So Uh, can we stop on that for a second? Because I think I was a little surprised to see that. So it makes sense to me that if you can't prove the ROI of your job, then the job may be at risk. But we also know that CX is becoming increasingly important for Mm -hmm. companies. So it seems interesting that companies would be placing more of an emphasis on CX while at the same time CX pros are losing their jobs. So is the explanation to that just because they have invested in CX and they don't see that ROI connection or is there anything else going on here?
1: Yeah. So as I said, the prediction's in two parts and that's the first part. And it goes to one of the things you mentioned. This is happening. These job losses are happening at companies that aren't making the connection. They're the ones that you were saying, you know, why are they CX growing in importance? Why are they eliminating these jobs? At these companies, they're not seeing that CX is important. Hmm. Maybe they thought it was, but then they never were able to track a benefit. And so they then lost faith, if you will. It's quite the opposite situation at companies where CX is on a firm footing. So for instance, we published a report not long ago where we looked at the growth in chief customer officers, and we found that since 2014, the ranks of those executives grew explosively. There was an 1,100% increase from 925 that we tracked in 2014 to over 10,000 that we managed to identify this year. And that's something that we're also seeing. So even as we're getting resumes from people who've had their jobs eliminated and are looking for a new position, we're also getting job descriptions from companies that are desperately looking for people at the director and VP level and above. So we're seeing, for instance, heads of CX strategy. There's an increased emphasis on strategy. But again, these are companies where they feel comfortable investing in CX because they clearly see that connection between it and money.
0: One unfortunate response to the need to demonstrate results and Mm -hmm. ROI here that you call out as a prediction is an increasing use of dark patterns, which is not a way to drive business results with better CX. What explains why more companies haven't done it already since it's such an easy thing to implement?
1: A lot of times CX professionals are involved in design, and so they're feeling increased pressure to show these financial results. And showing financial results with traditional CX programs requires some work, requires eliminating problems, or requires adding delight at key moments then there's sort of the simple easy fix in air quotes which is to go with a dark pattern that manipulates someone into doing something that's not in their best interest like buying something that they shouldn't or signing up for a promotional email and some of these patterns in the short term have worked so if you're feeling pressure to suddenly show some increased economic value from what you do and you've not been able to do it with actual customer experience improvements you could go for that quick fix but dark patterns truly are a dead end because i mean if you're sending you could say, well, you know, if it works and it saves the person's job. And in the short term, it might, but it's probably not going to save it for more than a few quarters because governments, among others, are getting their act together with laws like the detour and smart acts that essentially will curtail companies' ability to use a lot of these dark patterns. And what's more, the big tech companies like Apple, Google, and Samsung are offering deception blockers that detect dark patterns and shut them down. So Mm -hmm. in the short term, yes, you can slip some of these things in, But in the long term, you're going to find consumers blocking you and you're going to find governments coming after you. So you could easily give in to this temptation, but we're advising our clients not to.
2: Although it is a hard balance, as you mentioned, because unless companies are willing to see a longer-term vision for ROI, Mm -hmm. the designers and the people who are putting in these buttons, which may seem manipulative, are trying to keep their jobs, right, and are being gold on sort of short-term ROI. So is one of the things that we expect to see is that CX will at some point accept longer-term ROIs so that the company can make smarter decisions and smarter investments to create more ethical interactions with their customers.
1: Well, at some of the more advanced companies, they do see this. Mm-hmm. And so you see the longer term commitments at the USAAs and the Navy Federals and the vanguards of the world. And you see there's a huge effort at Ford right now. They have a relatively new chief customer officer, Elena Ford. And I think just the fact that they put her in charge is one little piece of evidence that they care about this. And they really do. And they realize that this won't happen overnight. And they very clearly connect improvements in customer experience to a dollar amount of revenue that I do not feel at liberty to share, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have it. And i seen it. So that's the difference.
0: Yeah. And I will say, and I think this connects to the last prediction as well, definitely are seeing some companies embrace the psychological understanding that goes into creating dark patterns, mm-hmm. but using it for good, right? You know, I love the, the Betterment example where when you're about to make a panic sell, they bring forward to you at that moment, the tax implications of that sale for next year to discourage you from making that sale, which is in my mind, using the psychological trick of your loss aversion to make you less likely to make the incorrect investment decision. And what I like about that is- It connects to the last prediction about firms losing revenue by responding poorly to a social issue by being just a general disposition by more companies to be building up goodwill with their customers in a general sense. So that if they have a slight misstep, maybe they won't lose quite as much revenue. But I think this is a really interesting prediction because we've already seen it start to play out where companies are being punished by these values based consumers. And so I wonder, how do you see this as an intersection between those values and the expression of those and customer experience? Because I think there's some obvious ways, but it also seems sometimes completely detached from the experience you're delivering. It's just a stand you take on a social issue or a group that you get attached to almost you know by accident that then paints you in a bad light in another group of consumers' minds.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the prediction itself is that a quarter of firms will lose more than 1%, single digits, but still more than 1% of revenue by responding poorly to a social issue. And what does that have to do with customer experience? It has a lot because essentially companies right now have to start with the realization that their customers are already there in terms of caring about political, social, and ethical values. I was surprised. I found this out earlier this year looking at some research by one of our other analysts, Anjali Lai, that showed that 41% of U.S. consumers already say they want to do business with brands that share their political, social, ethical values. Well, 41% says, how did I not notice this earlier? Well, it's there. It's really important. And so you cannot ignore this anymore. You Mm -hmm. cannot hide from it anymore. And so you have to be careful. You have to think about everything that you do in relation to whether or not your customers care about a particular issue. And so as a customer experience professional, we see some companies that have taken a stand And and address this full on by saying, you know, we do have values, like we care about the environment or we may care about some kind of religious issue. And so you see this baked into the experience in a subtle or not-so-subtle way. You know, it's really, if you go to an REI store, it is not at all subtle that they care a lot about the environment and that they would rather go out of business than do something that hurts the environment. Less obvious, but still there, Chick-fil-A. People know they're closed on Sunday, but they don't realize that when you go in there, the music that's playing in the background is actually church music. It's hymns, just not Mm -hmm. without words. And so it's a subtle signal to people who know those hymns that you are in this place that is friendly to your beliefs. Meanwhile, it doesn't exactly scare other people off because you walk in and just go, hmm, I don't know that song, but you know, not like blasting some satanic something or whatever, <laughs> right? And so as a customer experience professional, you need to know this new thing about them, which is what values do they have and how much do they care and how does this influence their purchasing decisions relative to your product or service? And then you need to address that. So that's why we covered in the first place and Rick Parrish is our CX analyst who's taken the lead lead on that. And it's so fascinating because like the first thing we talked about, it's an existential threat, except now we're not necessarily just talking about six professionals losing their jobs. We're talking about CEOs potentially losing their jobs. Like you know, hmm. we all know what happened to Papa John Natter or Papa John's Pizza. Like, guy founded the company and now he has nothing to do with the company because of some flubs on social issues.
0: No, I think that's a really good example. And there's plenty of cynicism that's crept in now that consumers have for oh, brands yeah. that try to window dress or attach themselves to causes for which they really don't have a lot of connection or the ad or the message is counter to everything else they're doing on that issue. So consumers are much more savvy about this. And employees are too, by the way, mm-hmm. which I would say is the employee experience guy, but that's another audience. Oh, it's, it's hugely important. If you
1: look at what's happened at Wayfair recently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at what's happening at some of the big tech companies in terms of they're planning on bidding on a government contract and their employees walk out or send them a letter. Or I mean, this is a very real issue, much more so in fact in terms of the immediate and obvious impact with employee experience. But it's an issue with customer experience too. And it's one of those things that is not going to go away anytime soon. It's going to get to be more of an acute issue before it gets to be less of an acute issue. And stumbling when dealing with one of these issues when they pop up is going to be potentially disastrous.
0: Great. Well, Harley, thank you for joining us to talk through these predictions about customer experience in 2020. Listeners, we posted a link to the predictions in the show notes for this episode. So you can check those out yourself. And if you remember, bookmark them and come back around this time next year and see how we did. See if these are playing out. I will say with perfect foresight that I think they will prove accurate that a lot of them are already starting to develop now and the real proof will be in how 2020 actually goes. So thank you all for joining us and we'll talk to you on next week's episode of the CXCast. Goodbye for now. Thanks to our colleagues, Amanda Chen, for recording and mixing the episode, and Will Wilsey for editing and publishing. And listeners, if you have questions, feedback, comments, or suggestions for new episodes, please email us at cxcast at And remember, your customers' perceptions are your customer experience reality.